Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. My name is DJ Woldridge, and this is the show where we talk about movies, TV shows, uh, comic books. Um, and with me, as always, is the Los Angeles native, Roxy Stryer. I can't even combat that because it is a fact. Mm-hmm. And yet... It did feel like an insult. It's not fun when facts feel like insults. Yeah. Yeah. Fine, DJ. You have on a purple shirt. Boom. (gasps) Let that sink in. I actually feel like I look pretty good in purple. But, but. Really good color on (laughs) your shirt. Thank you. Um, So uh, uh, this week, oh, it's a doozy. We're going to be talking about Jungle Cruise, and we're going to be spending probably more time than I anticipated this morning talking about Scarlett Johansson and her suing Disney, because that feels like a big thing that everybody's talking about. But we're talking about a bunch of stuff. And of course, you can, if you wanted to watch the full two-hour conversation Fridays at 10 a.m. PST, you can do that at patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers. Please go, please go and support us because that's what helps keep this going. Um, uh, we don't get to sue Disney for $50 million. So the Patreon's the only way that this <laughs> that this uh, goes. Uh, and also, if you listen on uh, Spotify, we ask you a question every week. Last week, due to Snake Eyes, we asked, what toy line deserves a live-action movie? Uh, uh, Ray Rafael Alvarez said, Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys. Picture a spacey Planet of the Apes with a bit more comedy and silliness. Essentially what a Rocket Raccoon solo film should look like, but with monkeys. Which I'm not familiar with Captain Simeon, but that I'm sold. What's his name? Captain who? Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys. Captain Simeon is a toy. I, I guess so. I'm not. I'm do some googling. Yeah, do some googling. I wh- what I think of when he talking about anthropomorphized animals in space. I think of Bucky O'Hare, which was a toy line I grew up with that I would really like to see. That would be cool to have that come back in any any sort of fashion. Really, um, you can't even find it. Spell Sabine for me. Simeon. S I M I A N, like the monkey. Well, ape. Simeon. Simeon. Oh, oh, oh! Now I get it. Yeah, yeah. More. yeah, yeah. Um, um okay whoa interesting this looks like star trek with monkeys into it it kind of into it too yeah, into and, it and i have to be honest he's a little bit of a handsome monkey well uh, see well hold on let me let me look it up i you know i wasn't gonna look it up just to just now to you have to keep things he's a he's a, a upright wearing like a very dapper spacesuit monkey Oh dang! And this is also more modern than I anticipated. You know yeah. what? I'm into this. I I I want more. you know Roxy. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, you're I'm not, not wrong. wrong. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm messaging you the exact picture I'm looking at. DJ, put it in the chat so you know in case somebody asks you my type. <laughs> this is it. Also, uh, I think it's worth mentioning that um, later in the, at least the live show, I don't know if it's going to be part of the podcast, we're going to be talking about the fact that you saw Sexy Beasts. Uh, and I read a whole art, article written by a, a furry, somebody that identifies as a furry talking about Sexy Beasts. And at first, I, you know, I, sometimes you got to draw lines in your own brain. And I felt like, you know, furries are it. But then you think about it as a kid, like I remember watching Thundercats and seeing Chitara and ha- you, you know what I mean? So it's like, I guess it's, listen. We're still having the Lola Bunny debate oh today. Oh, my God. That is still so un- unsettling. Anyway, but it, with, whatever. Now, uh, I think it's Jashu Wazalewski. I know you told me how to pronounce it, but then I forgot, and then I looked it up, and then I forgot again. Uh, I guess it's a board game and not a toy, but you could do a good Stratego movie. 
Uh, I would be very interested to see what that even looks like. I think I feel like a master and commander type situation. But anyway, also, uh, so that's Spotify. Also, you on iTunes, you can give us five star reviews. Please go. That also helps us. If you can't contribute to the Patreon, please do the five star review, please. And thank you. Now, if you don't, it's like you saying, I don't care about you or your future relationship with Captain Simeon. Yeah, how are we going to keep up with Roxy's relationship with Captain Simeon? I'll internalize that, and it will eat at me for days to come. So there you go. Now, we're going to go into news. uh, And I was going to start with the – there's some fun little Batgirl rumors going around. But I think let's get to the meat and potatoes first because I don't know how long this conversation is going to take us because this this ended up being – a bigger part of the news cycle than than I anticipated when it first dropped yesterday, and yeah. I'm very whoops I'm very excited to talk to you about this, Roxy, to get your thoughts. Let's talk about the fact that ScarJo is suing Disney for the release of Black Widow. So I will admit. That when I first saw the story, I I misinterpreted the situation. My initial read on it was that, um, uh, for those that don't know, Black Widow was supposed to get a full theatrical release, like normal. A pandemic happened. Uh, they delayed it f- for a good chunk of time. And then they did this hybrid release they've been doing with other stuff where uh, it is going to... Uh, Disney Plus for a $30 price tier while also being in theaters. And there was, it did very well first week, then a significant drop off um, in ticket sales the following week, which was uh, unusual. However, I do think it's worth noting we live in unusual times. Um, And so the suit, Scarlett Johansson's suit, and Roxy, correct me if I'm getting any of this incorrect. Um, Scarlett Johansson's suit is that um, the that her a part of her fee, her payment was due to box office sales, mm-hmm. and that it being hybrid release on Disney Plus hurt those box office sales, and that it she should basically be getting about fifty million more than she got. Where based I huh? Based on how many people saw? How many? Based on how many people saw? Now. My mess up is the what I was understanding is that she was getting some of the 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 Disney Plus money, and but she thought she would get more off of if it was just theaters. Which I was like, well, I don't know if that I don't know if that's how that works. That is not. It's specifically box office sales. She's saying that she tried to renegotiate with Disney for the streaming thing. However, I do find it very interesting that both her and Bob Chap, I believe it's Bob Chappick from Disney, released uh, uh, their own press release where it's like, she has already gotten this amount of $20 million, I think, this amount of money, and uh, actually it being on Disney Plus should be getting her more money, and it's bad that she's doing this during COVID. I find it interesting that both of them are talking around, neither one of them, like Scarlett Johansson's, it's her representative, it's not her, is not saying like, listen, I'm not getting any of the Disney Plus money. She's not saying that. 
And Bob Chappick is not like, well, she's she is getting Disney Plus money. It feels like they're both talking around like a key point, which feeds into my overall feelings on this, which is this is just a slap fight between multiple millionaires. And so I even though inherently I'm I'm more sympathetic towards Scarlett Johansson because she's an individual and Disney's a big multi-billion dollar corporation. At the end of the day, it's hard for me to invest one way or the other because I don't I don't really give a shit whether Scarlett Johansson or Bob Chappick is able to afford a third mansion. Like I don't I don't I don't really care either way. Uh and and I feel like because of the way they're so carefully wording stuff and talking around stuff that there it's there it's it's like any argument. Be, everybody's saying the thing that makes them seem more sympathetic to I guess us the jerk I don't mm-hmm. whatever. That is that is my understanding of the situation. Yeah, I think I'm with you in terms of the fact that, like, at the end of the day, I don't care too yeah. much because talk about the stakes being low here. When, we're, <laughs> when to me, at this point in my life, maybe not one day, but at this point in my life, 50 million feels like a not real number. Yeah, It feels like so much money that I can't even grasp that on one project anybody could make that amount. Mm-hmm. So but like, more on top of whatever they have already made. made. Right, right. <laughs> So it just feels like, so what? But at the same time, I think she's probably in the right. Yeah. I think that she contractually is owed more money and the lack of response for renegotiation. I do think she is owed money here, probably. All that being said, not that invested because of what you just said. And also think that this, is going to end up costing her more money than she's going to make. Because upsetting you, rocking the boat with Disney, this shouldn't be how it is, but rocking the boat with Disney is a huge risk as an actress. Yeah. So I wonder what happens there. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I, I don't know. Then because of what we t- do for a living and what we talk about. I don't know about you, but the second I saw this news, I, I thought back to our conversations about like Blackwood too. And it's like, well, guess uh, we're, it's Florence Pugh for here on out. <laughs> we're, we're, we're letting, we're, we're letting Scar, Scar Joe go. Cause I, I do think you're right that it is. And again, not that it, it's, it is, it is complicated because I agree with you that I think probably now that I've looked at it again, it, it, She's in the right in the way that contracts work and stuff like that. I, I, I don't like that. It's like that the argument we're presented with is essentially, at least the way my brain interprets it, is either ScarJo gets that money, or the stuff suits over at Disney, like the Bob Chappics get that money. And it's like, or just throwing this out there, what if that money went to the countless Disney employees? the like the cast members that work at Disneyland that had to get laid off because of COVID is that is that we can we not is that because because we talk about this stuff in the terms of the way the system currently works but the system the way the system currently works sucks it's it's bad it doesn't and and it's basically just these people at the very top mostly white people hoovering up all the capital while the rest of us sweat like 
uh, I had a, a freak out about 15 bucks this week. Like, can I afford this $15? That's the, that's the world we live in. <laughs> yeah, and- I mean, the, the Disney, I'm looking at their exact statement because one of the things that they said, so they blasted her, obviously. Yeah. Last night, one of the things they said was uh, that her state, Scarlett Johansson's uh, statement had no merit whatsoever, and it's especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. And it's like, Disney, you don't care about that at all. Yeah. Yeah, you don't I, care about it and how it affected you guys because your theme parks were closed, yeah. and it just like there is no them being like she's not looking at the COVID nineteen pandemic, and it's like yes, because you guys are keeping the money because that benefits COVID nineteen. What and I think that's interesting too that that idea of like the the I think the the nebulous part there is the idea of keeping the money. I think that statement would make more sense if. Let's say they treated it like if they treated the Disney Plus, the $30, what is it, Premier Plus, the Disney Premier Plus thing, the $30 as ticket sales, and, and she got a, a percentage of those just, at, just, the, just the same as if those were tickets. Right. Then I think that statement's more valid because, like, listen, we had to do this because of a pandemic. You got the same amount percentage-wise as if these were tickets. Huh? Wouldn't they say that if exactly. That was- and I yeah. think that's why. And but but then wouldn't Scarlett Johansson also say, like, listen, I didn't see a cent of that Disney Plus money if she had not? I don't know, because contractually, there must be a reason why neither of them can say it. I or or again, I think they're both lying. I think they're both lying to each other. I think they're lying to the public. And I think they're probably lying to themselves a little bit, because, again, we live in this system where like like I did a tweet about this where I basically compared it like like it's it's the Hollywood um uh, business equivalent of like Godzilla versus Kong. It's like, well, yeah, I'm more sympathetic towards Kong, but at the end of the day, the majority of us are just getting stomped on. Like that's, I don't like, I, yeah, Kong has human features. So I more, I'm more sympathetic there, but like it, it doesn't affect me in one way or the other. And so many people, a few people, I wouldn't say so many people, my tweets don't get that much, uh, uh, that widespread. we got very defensive. And anytime I do a tweet about like, you know, there was a, there was a, uh, story going around about how this Disney exec made like more money than all the Disneyland employees combined, something along those lines. And I and I did you know one of the, one of those tweets, and people will come out of the woodwork and start defending it. And I think I wonder if the idea is like, well, if I had that money, I wouldn't want people coming out. Like these people deserve it. Like um um we got a we've got a a, a question here on the discord from sts2084 is this just a tactic to get disney to give her some of the disney press premiere access money which she's entitled to also should all the contracts change going forward given the nature of the streaming now we'll answer that question and i and and ST, STS twenty eighty four is a long time thing, and you're great. Thank you. For, but but it's I think it's interesting the use of the word entitled to, because that's how we're trained to think these people are entitled to this money. And and I would say again, if it's between Bob Chappick or Scarlett Johansson, Scarlett Johansson's face is on the poster. She comparing the two of them, she is more entitled to that money. But then also, couldn't you make the argument that the workers on the set? would be entitled to make more money and then i would think the argue maybe they're entitled to make some of that money because they're definitely making less than scarlett johansson and you need those crew members 
to make the movie work. And I think the argument would be then, well, but they signed their contract to make the money they did. It's like, well, under that logic, then yes, so did Scarlett Johansson. So my point being, I think culturally, it is in our best interest to start rethinking about who is entitled to what money and maybe not say that, that, listen, these Marvel movies make a lot of money. Uh, Scarlett Johansson should, Scarlett Johansson, the Chris Evans of the world, these people should make a, a good chunk of that money because, again, their face is on the fucking poster. But the the sheer amount of it, like, could you imagine, like you just like like you just said with us, fifty million is is made up money. I know. And of course, we're not even giving it to the, the Jeff Bezos of the world. Fuck those people. That's even that's even that's on on a scale. This is much smaller than even that. But the but the way we're raised, the way I was raised to think that like, well, the Scarlett Johansons of the world, the Jeff Bezoses of the world, which again, vast difference between the two. But these people are entitled to that. Are they? There's nothing. They were in the right place at the right time, and they did the thing that got them the money. That doesn't make them more or less special than you and I. It's not, I I would be hard pressed to imagine that Scarlett Johansson works harder or more than you do. So, ish. Who's yeah. who's entitled to what? And but that requires a full. I'm getting into a whole thing that requires a completely rethinking about how this shit is structured. It's definitely a privilege, yeah, uh, not an entitlement. And even the fact that ScarJo is able to sue a behemoth like Disney, yeah, shows how privileged she is. Because like certainly the gaffer is not suing Disney, yeah. Because it went on Disney Plus. Or, or what about the unpaid interns? That right. you know what right. I mean? Like all these, all these people, all these people that that are thrown into the meat grinder to get Bob Chapek, Bob Chapek, and Scarlett Johansson all their money. They're not mm-hmm. able to sue anybody. <laughs> totally. And uh, also, I do think that this is a little more complicated because. There's got to be a lot of actors that are doing this right now, right? Like, mm-hmm. she's not the only one in this position Yeah. where she thought her movie was going one place. So why is her story the biggest right now? What about what about Mulan? What about Mulan? I, there's, as of this I recording... Know do, I, I know it didn't do what Big, uh, what Big Widow, mm-hmm. Black Widow did. Yeah. But still, you know, what about all the other... What about so the did, stars in that? Tell? Yeah. What? what about the stars and and that you know what i mean like yeah 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 um so like there's a woman aspect here which yes. is tough because she's the face of it but then there's also a white aspect here and then there's also the fact that scarjo is not like the most um for lack of better words woke we've seen uh you know she i just don't know that she has a good grip on what is the right thing for what but also there's the fact that she contractually might have gotten screwed here, even if for you and me, when we're talking about $50 million, nobody's getting screwed. Looking at it, she might really have, they might be in breach of contract and then you should sue. Yeah. So, yeah. And a lot exactly. And that, that is what makes it, because I, I know there's now stories as of this recording about Emma Stone possibly considering doing something similar for Cruella. Right. Um, and, and it is interesting that um, we're talking about primarily female actresses here which then begs the question like is that why their movies got dumped to disney plus because right. they're you know what i mean there is there is the woman aspect and because we don't know how we we are not in a position that that the, the next marvel movie is shang chi 
And I would be very surprised if Simu Liu has the same deal that Scarlett Johansson has for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is that she's been in this franchise longer. A-list celebrity. Yeah, so it's not like an apples and oranges situation, but it's. I think it'd be easier to say if like if a Chris Evans Captain America movie had done the same thing, was he Mm -hmm. treated the same? Mm -hmm. But you can't, like you just mentioned, you can't overlook the white aspect of it um and the the fact that these are rich white women and and that's that is part of it too and but again like who's the person on the other side it's the the big wigs at disney apparently kevin feige's not happy about this it but but i i i just do want to circle it back it makes what it makes me think about it makes me think about how hard christopher nolan pushed and i used to, i i do like christopher nolan's movies uh the how hard he pushed to get tenant in theaters and it's just it, this whole situation is just a uh, unfortunately uh because i do like scarlett johansson as an actress uh it just her performances i like um these people are out of touch they're completely out of touch from the reality you and i live in. <laughs> yeah they have no idea so no idea not like um, no movie is worth people millions of people getting COVID over. Like, it's yeah. like, not that even like you mentioned, not that necessarily like Disney super concerned about that, but I, I, yeah. I, I do. And I think it's not, it is 100% not out of any, um, uh, compassion on their, their or Warner brothers part, but at least with like Disney and Warner brothers releasing it on their streaming platforms, there's an, at least an acknowledgement that there is a pandemic. Ha- there is at least some sort of like, they, there is here's the reality on the ground again, not that they're like, Oh, these poor people, they don't give a shit about us except for our dollar bills. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm really curious to see what happens here. Yeah. I would imagine they're going to, they're going to fire shots at each other and there will be some sort of settlement out of court and we'll never know the precise amount, but it's probably, it's probably going to be uh, not what Scarlett Johansson's asking for, but, but then you think we will not see her again. Uh, on Disney property. I would say no, except for the fact uh, that the same thing that happened with Sony. Like I, I remember the whole Sony Marvel Spider-Man thing getting very heated and then it's fine. And now Spider-Man is going to be in more movies. Like it's nobody. It's like, because again, we treat it like these are people, this is all again, not to get too much into it, but it's like when we talk about like Republicans, Democrats at, at the end of the day, they're all part of the same team. <laughs> they're all part of the same thing. So yeah, they're going to, they, there is a good chance they're going to kiss and make up because they, they all want to make money. So if they think they can make more money with another Black Widow with Scarlett Johansson as opposed to Florence Pugh, they will. Also, considering that I feel like the general consensus on Captain Marvel is that it felt like Marvel was not too invested in that movie. And considering this situation, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the Marvel brand to like figure out a way to make nice with Scarlett Johansson because it does not have the greatest track record with its female mm-hmm. stars. Mm-hmm. Totally. They obviously aren't looking at it like that as of this moment. Though. No, no, nope, nope. Uh, but we'll see. Cause at the end of the day, as far as we're all concerned, it, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't change our lives to answer STS 2084's questions. Um, all should all contracts change going forward, given the nature of streaming now? I mean, yeah, you think they would have thought of that in advance, uh, but I guess despite all the money we give these people, they're not the great uh, genius experts we like to imagine they are about this industry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, I would imagine the, the contracts going forward will change. 
Mm-hmm. There's going to have to be a lot of additions to contracts as technology changes, as the times change, not only with streaming services and what that means for talent, but also with things like uh, we can CGI your entire body and use oh your voice. What does oh that mean for the future? You know, like yeah. contracts are going to look different as technology morphs. Yeah, and we're going to have to have contracts that are like, hey, after I'm dead, don't put me in a fucking movie. <laughs> You're going to have to, people are going to have to have like straight up like post riders. Yeah. Where it's just like, this is what I need. That's a good movie name, post rider. Mm-hmm. Put that, I'll mark that down. Log that. Yeah, 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 100%. As technology changes, yes. And also, if, uh, unfortunately, I don't think this will be the last global catastrophe we all have to live through. Uh, And so I think those will have to be taken in consideration in contracts as well. Yep. Yeah. So there we go. That's the, that's the, that's the Scarlett Johansson uh, of it all. Huh? Thing, the Scarlett Johansson thing. thing. How do you think? I said how I thought thought it was going to play out. How do you think it's going to play out? Exact same way. I definitely think that Disney's going to have to settle. Scar's going to have to settle. I think she's probably going to not be in something for a while. And I think she needs Disney more than Disney needs her, but neither need each other. Yeah. So do you think maybe she'll get 15 million? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, something less than like she asked for, but it probably based on how these things go, like she's probably asking for more than what she actually yeah. would expect. Because again, whatever, this is how this shit goes. Do you think this will negatively negatively impact her in non Disney movies? Do you think studios will look at this and be like, "Oh, I don't want to deal with that"? You know what I mean? Because we already know that there's that. The I just watched the Dave episode with Doja Cat, where it's like yeah. female celebrities are treated one way and male celebrities are treated another way. Yeah, I haven't seen that episode. Did I? Was it season one? Season two. Yeah, then I don't think I watched it yet. It's good. It's 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 uh, overall. I I was going to wait till the season two was over to revisit the fact that I've been watching Dave and catch up. Okay. But overall, the the episodes that focus on Dave less, I like more. Yeah, and, a lot of people do. Yeah, and the and there's a specifically um, an episode with Doja Cat where he's on a dating service, um, and they get connected up and it looks like it's going one way and then it swerves into what I think is a much smarter direction. And actually, it's one of the, it's, it's a, one of the episode, one of my favorite episodes. So, but anyway, the, a big spoilers, I guess one, a big part of it is that male celebrities, male celebrities are treated one way. Female celebrities are treated another way. So I think, you asked how I thought it was going to end. Is yeah, do, do, basically, do you think this will affect her work with other non-Disney oh. studios? Yeah, mm. but I also think she has enough money that she's a producer. Yeah. So she's not at a point where she's at risk of never working again. Yeah. I just don't think. And people have short attention spans and memories in this industry. I think it might cause her to take a hit for a little bit, but not forever. I would say that Scarlett Johansson might be the biggest female star on the planet. Yeah, I think you're right. So, you know, she she just doesn't have to handle this with the kind of caution that other people do. Yeah. And and if you think of it, it does have a significant impact on her career. It says a couple negative things. One, because I just think about all the male stars and the fucked up shit they've done and they still get to have uh career so it says not a great thing about how we treat male stars but it also says not a great thing about like the other difference between this 
and what those have done is when the male stars I'm thinking of, the male stars hurt people and Scarlett Johansson is going after the money. And so we care about going after the money more than the human damage that we're doing. And that's also fucked up. So money, which is from a machine. Um, Yeah. It would have been really cool. DJ had she sued them and then said, and with the 50, with the $50 million, I'm going to give every person who worked on the movie $25,000. Yeah. Because that would have been sick. I you know. I would like to think that there's celebrities. Depends what Disney would say. I, 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 like, I would like to think there's celebrities out there that would tap into the moment that we live in and engage with the society um, in that way. But I also think, like, I was listening to a podcast that was. That was uh, shitting on Jeff Bezos, which I am all for, but, but I do think there's like, I I think once you get that amount of money, I think most of, because of the way we operate in America, most of us would behave the same way. And that's a bummer. That's like, it's just a bummer. Like, cause, cause I, I have all these personal beliefs uh, that have grown stronger over the past year as, as our multiple systems have collapsed and proven uh, how most of our system doesn't work. And I'd like to think that I'd hold on to those core beliefs if I became a multimillionaire. But I also think the more, I honestly believe the more money you have, the more it fucks with your brain. And, and so like, I not that me becoming a multimillionaire is on the table in, in, at all. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, y'all stay tuned if I become one and call me out if I am not uh, more socially active with that money uh, because if I call me a piece of trash if I'm not because I don't want to be a hypocrite Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah it just fucks with your brain so it's like and especially again if you're not we're we're living through all this on the other end where we're the one with the boot on our face as opposed to the people that are kind of writing above it and so maybe that would change our perspectives. Maybe if we got these same opportunities, we would do it differently because we live through these things and 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 where it impacted us more. Um, but uh, anyway, whatever. Uh, this is not this is not the podcast for that. But whatever. This stuff touches on that stuff, and it's something that's on my mind. Let's talk about something more fun before we get into Jungle Cruise. Let's talk about the fact that um, the fact that there is a rumor uh, that uh, J.K. Simmons, I believe it's a rumor, I don't think it's confirmed, J.K. Simmons no. is in talks to return as Commissioner Gordon in the Leslie Grace Batgirl movie, um, which uh, we called it? I don't know. This is one of the things we talked about last week in the in the casting, and it excited me because I would like to see Batgirl hang out with Black Canary and Huntress. And ostensibly, I guess, the, the Journey Smollett and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Huntress and Black Canary are in that same continuity. So casting J.K. Simmons as like, cool, maybe that'll maybe Black Canary will show up in this movie. What were your thoughts when you saw this, Roxy? My thoughts were he's already cast as the character in this in a world. Yeah. Why are we hearing about them being in talks? So my thoughts were probably this is there. There's a sticking point with some kind of money issue here. Mm. And this got leaked so that he would people fans would be like excited about this or something, because why are we hearing about this one right now? Do you think you think based on where they were in the process that we would have heard about it when he was cast? Yeah. So I'm just I'm just curious about that timing, but my thoughts creatively are cool. <laughs> cool, yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah, excited. I so 
the what, what do you think the chances are do you do you do you think this is going to pan out or do you think that like maybe whatever the sticking point is will keep us we'll have to have a third commissioner gordon no i think it must pan out because of the fact they're so far what are they going to change the story yeah you know at this point i think that they not that they need him but like if they want him it's because it's relevant to the story yeah so to not have him then seems like they would have to legit change the story yeah Oh, or or cast a third Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, but even that would make them have to change the story, right? Because if they're planning on having him so that it's in this specific universe, yeah, then they're gonna have to change things around if they don't get him. Yeah, and may, or maybe they'll just do like a, a Joker in uh, Birds of Prey, where it's like an animated, like, "Hey, remember this guy? He's not in the movie." <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, that too. By the way, did you see the trailer for um, House of Gucci and Jared Leto in that? No, I haven't watched it yet. I saw, uh, I think it came out when I was on the plane. Yeah, probably. Uh, check it out because Jared Leto looks wild in that. I didn't even know he was in that. Oh yeah, uh, you might not know looking at the trailer. Wait, I heard people were liking the trailer. It is. Know? It's a great. It's a really good trailer. It's a really good trailer. It's just interesting. The Jared Leto's almost unrecognizable. It's Adam Driver, right? Yes, Adam Driver and um, Lady Gaga. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and I didn't know it was really Scott directing. Also. Um, I learned a little bit about the story. I'm not going to go into that, but I thought I, because I'm not as super informed on Italian fashion designers, I thought this was the same story as, uh, American crime story for Saatchi. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it turns out a lot of uh, the bodies of a lot of Italian designers were dropping in the nineties, yeah. <laughs> which is yeah. wild to me. Like, I don't know, like what, what was going on you in the fucking nineties? Versace? Huh? You thought Gucci was the same as Versace? I, do, I mixed the two up in my... I, they're the same thing in my brain. Uh, and so I thought, like, wait, is this the same crime story? It is not. It's a completely different crime story with a completely different person. But it was Tell also in the 90s. you don't have $50 million to spare without telling me you don't have $50 million. Versace, Gucci, it's, the same, it's basically the same fucking thing, right? I, you know. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let us start talking about Jungle Cruise, which of course is starring Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt. Right now on Rotten Tomatoes, as of this recording, it has a 62%. Its craft isn't quite as sturdy as some of the classic adventures it is indebted to, but Jungle Cruise remains a fun, family-friendly voyage. The synopsis is based on Disneyland's theme park ride, where a small riverboat takes a group of travelers through a jungle filled with dangerous animals and reptiles, but with a supernatural element. And this movie is directed by a director's name who I did look up how to pronounce. And I saw multiple versions of it. And I'm definitely going to butcher it. But here we go. Wam Colette Sarah. I apologize. I I think it's um, Kwame Colette Sarah, who is also doing the other rock movie, Black Adam. He is. Yes. Yeah, I I think it's Wame Colette Sarah. Thank you. 
Yes, because I did look it up and I found at least three different pronunciations. So cool yeah. for me. And it was written by Michael Green, Glenn Ficar, and John Rakua, and, and a bunch of other people with story by a lot of writers on this one. So, Roxy, what? Let's get into no, spoiler free. You, you, I want to know from you. Um, so I enjoyed this movie. I thought, I, I actually think the, the Rotten Tomatoes synopsis is pretty close. Like, um, obviously yeah. this movie is based off of a Disney ride, which I'm, I'm actually a fan of them doing that. Um, but it is also the African queen. It's also, it's also like other classic movies. And, um, and I don't know about you, Roxy, but it definitely gave me like, early pirate vibes like the less problematic pirate vibes which is a good vibe like those the early pirates movie pirates of caribbean movies Mm -hmm. so those are good vibes for me um and so it was i it's not like a a movie that i'm going to treasure i i would imagine if i were a younger person it it being really having a bigger impression on me like really loving it if i was a kid or a young teenager uh, but I did enjoy it. I think, especially if you didn't like, if you haven't like seen African Queen or any of those types of movies, um, or you know, you didn't grow up watching Indian Jones or any of that stuff. I think there's a lot to get out of this movie uh, that, that would feel more fresh. My big takeaway uh, from the movie is Emily Blunt. Oh my god! Like she's so between this and the Quiet Place, it's like she's so fucking good. Like, yeah. there's elements of this movie that are kind of like, hey, we're here and we're doing the thing. And I feel like Emily Blunt could have just easily been like, hey, I'm Emily Blunt. I don't need to try. But that's not the impression I got. I like I very much got the impression she gave a shit about this character and really did a lot of work to make this character a person that I was invested in. And it worked. I, I just was really and I shouldn't be at this point like um, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. She's great in Quiet Place. She's great in. She's great in a lot of stuff. It's just I, I just was so blown away by her. Like she was my favorite part of this movie. Yeah, I'm so with you on that because I think it's an interesting character choice that she is so confident yeah. and also not great at something. Mm-hmm. Still can figure them all out. Yeah. And uh, usually when we see women in these kind of franchises, it's like, I can do everything. Yeah. Uh, and she says that, but she can't mm-hmm. and makes it work anyway. And that was really endearing. But then I also, I refer to her as the best action star of our generation because I think that she is. And even though this is not an action movie, it is an action adventure movie, I suppose. In some ways. And her physicality is just so on point. Yes. The way she moves, it just really enhances every character that she brings to the screen. And this movie was no different. I also thought she had stellar chemistry with The Rock. And... Uh, honestly, The Rock usually could have chemistry with a brick wall, mm-hmm. but the fact that she was giving as much as he was, which is hard to do when uh, there's very few actors at the Rock at the Rock's level that would be that are as large as life as he is. Yeah, and she goes toe to toe with him hardcore. Yeah, I think for me, like I, I like Dwayne Johnson a lot. I, I, I think he's a, a charisma machine. I think he's great. For me, it's in this movie. It's like he's just doing his thing. He's doing. It's not. He's not playing Frank Wolf. He's playing Dwayne Johnson, and which is normally fine. But like Emily Blunt, it just kind of blew on the bloom out of the water for me. Like I, I just was much more engaged with what she had going on. Um, uh, that it's. It felt like I. I kind of wanted to see him bring more to try and like match what she was doing. You know. Mm-hmm. For me, I my 
the standout for me, even though I know The Rock and I know Emily Blunt, they both killed it. But the person I didn't know, and he has six million followers, so I don't know where I've been, is Jack Whitehall, I think. Yes. Is As McGregor Houghton. Houghton? Houghton. <laughs> I loved him so much. Yeah. Oh, I just thought that he was so sweet and I loved his story and endearing and I just I I I loved him. Yeah. Six million followers. Why? What does this man do? Yeah, what has I, he done? Yeah, I don't I haven't seen him in anything. I've never seen him before. Maybe maybe popular overseas. I really don't know. Uh, but he was phenomenal in this also and I I'd be excited to check out his work in the future too. I also thought it just looked really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really fun. It it definitely feels like, and this is not a, it feels like a ride, which it should. It's based off a ride. Like, and again, that was what makes me think about the original Pirates movie, where it felt mm-hmm. like you're on a ride with these characters. And I like, I like that, DJ. I yeah. think that that's true. Like a ride, as in like you're on a ride. Yeah, like come along for the ride. Also, I thought that the jokes, the dad jokes, or whatever you want to call them, puns. Mm-hmm. That's what makes the ride. If yes. you've been on the ride, you know that that's the part that makes the ride. And them keeping that in this movie was so essential. I totally agreed. And I'm glad that they kept it. I'm glad they gave it to Dwayne Johnson to do it because he, he clearly is having so much fun with it. Um, and we got a question here from Danny uh, for Jungle Cruise. How did you feel about seeing The Rock as a sort of romantic lead? That's, that's not his usual role. And, and I'm glad that Danny brought it up because it, it made me think about like that I bought into the romance of this movie because of Emily Blunt, not, not because of necessarily anything the rock was doing. And it's Mm -hmm. interesting to me. It made me think about, you know, F nine just came out and Vin Diesel and that, and I always have kind of trouble like buying Vin Diesel as a romantic lead. And it started me down this mental rabbit hole of like, why is it so hard to make our action stars romantic leads like what what is it about these types of actors that it's just hard to like if you think about tom cruise in any movie especially his more recent movies anytime he's supposed to have like it's not that i'm not i'm not as i know some people are more thrown out by that stuff i'm not as thrown off by it as some but it is i don't don't necessarily like buy into it and i want to know for your thoughts roxy for me i i start to think about it it's that and, and maybe I think about this way specifically because Dwayne Johnson, Vin Diesel, all in these fast movies, and we know how like of a macho fest those are. And I wonder if it has to do with vulnerability. Like these action stars are not really willing to put themselves in an, emo- an emotionally vulnerable position in a role. Because I think about, for me, the biggest action star in the world is Keanu Reeves. And I think about the Matrix movies, and a lot of the Matrix movies are built around the idea. Actor, action star, action star, action stars, Keanu Reeves. Well, because you think about you think about John Wick, you think about Matrix, you think about Speed, you think about Point Break, you think about like like so many. I mean, he's definitely the one making the most money. But for me, the one that that is like the action icon to beat is Keanu Reeves. Just for the, I think the closest one would be Arnold Schwarzenegger in his his prime because he, of course, had. Terminator, Conan, Total Recall, Running Man. Like he, he had so many, so many bangers as well. But the thing with Keanu Reeves is like you think about to the Matrix, and the Matrix is built around Neo and Trinity's relationship. And I think that works because I think Keanu Reeves, and I think this is also what makes him such a good action star, is he doesn't bring a lot of ego to those roles. And so he's able to be vulnerable. I think part of what makes John Wick work, because on paper, he's like an unstoppable killing machine. 
but Keanu Reeves brings a vulnerability to it that doesn't necessarily exist on the page. So anyway, this th- that was the rabbit hole I went down because I didn't quite buy The Rock as a romantic lead in this. But I want to know, wh- wh- how did you feel about The Rock as a romantic lead in this and how, how that fit within his persona? I do think it worked in this. It is interesting that like when you've got women in the lead in action films, so like, okay, Scar Joe, Angelina Jolie, um, I guess Michelle Rodriguez, um, Emily Blunt. They do just have much more of like a, um, I don't mean sexual as in sex, but like a a sexual side of them, like a, 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 I don't know if it's vulnerable or more like you could see them with a partner. Yeah. And the men you really, Tom Cruise, especially. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't know. Just they're so one track minded. Yeah. It is bizarre. It is, that is a strange thing. I've like, could you it. imagine them like bring their significant other flowers? Like, could you imagine them doing like, and it just, and I think, again, again, like holding them in bed, like watching TV. Yeah. That's, people. that's a great point. Like, yeah, any of that. And it's, and, and, um, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it, it's just interesting. It's, and, it, and it's, I think it's just the, I, I, I think it's the way we, we construct these action stars, like the rock, like, breaking through brick walls with his bare hands totally buy it but like you were talking about like him just sitting down watching netflix with his lady like well what are all those muscles doing when he's doing that <laughs> totally totally i guess they're watching it as well yeah i guess they're, they're into they, they watching jeopardy i don't know they're all sentient muscles they all wait could the rock host jeopardy just for the one week that would be great <laughs> Hey, oh, hey, oh. But yeah, for me, uh, Emily Blunt, and I, and I also think this goes to another. I, I wasn't originally thinking of this, but you're talking about this. I, I and I, I'd like us to see us invest more in female lad action movies because I think it does allow just for different stuff. It kind of goes to the same thing with with you know, Birds of Prey. Like the perspective that having a female writer and a female director was able to bring to that team it provided just a different energy that you don't normally see in these types of movies, which is exciting and engaging and interesting. Totally. Totally. I'm with you. So the question I had, a couple questions I have for you, Roxy is, are you a big Disneyland fan or Disney world fan? Cause you East coast. Wow. Uh, and one, is there a ride that has not been made into or is not based off of a movie? And if you can't think of one, what's what's one that could that we haven't tapped into that could make a good movie? So we've had Pirates, we've had Haunt, a Haunted Mansion. It sounds like we're getting ready for a reboot. We've had Jungle Cruise. Is there like a favorite okay. Disney ride that you'd like to see be made into a movie? I haven't been on this in so long, but just came to me. Do you ever go on Rock and Roller Coaster? Funny story. I have not. I'm not a big roller coaster person. I don't like what it does with my tummy. Also, very tall boy, and I'm very worried about what will happen. It's silly, but I'm worried about something hitting my head. Um, So, no. However, uh, I'm just going to tell a story. My wife hates drops, hates them, to the point where pirates, that little dip in pirates, hates them. When we were in Disney World... She, because she, it's Aerosmith is rock and roller coaster, right? 
she likes Aerosmith, so she wanted to go. And so she went around the park asking employees, are there drops on rocking on, on a roller coaster? And I was like, it's a roller. That's the whole, that's the gimmick, that G-force, that's the thing. And of course, and, and, uh, uh, of course there's some uh, confusion from a lot of the cast members. Like, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? Well, it's like, it doesn't, I mean, it just goes, I don't know if there are drops. So she decides to, decides to go on it. And Roxy, she loved it. She loved it. I know it, I don't, I don't know what, I didn't go. I, I was with her in the line. I was with her in the line. I rode the line with her, which, by the way, it was crazy seeing Ken Marino um, from Party Down and Veronica Mars and stuff. He plays a small part in the little like movie that plays before you go on the ride. Anyway, and then she went, and she's like, "Yeah, it was great." And, I th- and then I think she went again, and I guess it's something because it's not a, it's like jets, it's loops or whatever the fuck. It doesn't translate as a as a as a drop. I don't know. I don't. I don't. It, it boggles my mind. Uh, it's so weird that she loved it. Yes, I agree. Thank you for agreeing with me. <laughs> Does she like Space Mountain? I don't know that she's been on Space Mountain. I should follow up on that one. I, she did not go when we went, and she won't do stuff like um, uh, she won't do Splash Mountain. That's a big no, 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 no. Um, but I like I be. She talked about going to Universal with some friends. I was like, you should try going on the Hulk. Like I've been on the my. I tried a couple roller coasters before I decided that it's not my jam. Hulk Universal Hulk roller coaster being one of them. Do you all have? Does the Hulk out here in California, or is that just in Orlando? I'm just trying to think about it. What I don't. Yeah. Whatever. The, what but. It? But but I but I, I'd be interested to see her do more roller coasters. See if that's her jam because. What's the Hulk? It's just a crazy roller coaster. It's just a green okay. roller coaster. Like it's whatever. Um, so so I don't think she's done Space Mountain. Um, I don't know what uh, I don't think she's done many other roller coasters. And listen, maybe her love of Aerosmith overshadowed whatever G force feelings it gave her. But it, it it is something that that uh, uh, I've had trouble wrapping my brain around. <laughs> I think that. It's- like she wanted it so bad. She just wanted to like it so bad that she wouldn't let it not be good. Well, listen, cause it's a, it's a mental thing, right? Like it's not, and that's not to discredit it. Like it's, it just, that's the, 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 her, she went on like splash mountain when she was too young and it scared the shit out of her. And now she doesn't like that sensation of drops. And so for some reason, rock and roller coaster doesn't trigger that same sensation in her brain. Uh, and she, you know, we all know that. I just wanted to overcome it because I wanted to go on pirates with me. I wanted to go. I wanted to go on Splash Mountain with me. And I've told her I've been like, "Hey, I'll go on Rock and Roller Coaster if you go on Splash Mountain with me." Or I think at the time, I think what I, I said was because we were in um, what is it, Hollywood, Stu- whatever it is in Disney yeah. World. Uh, I was like, "Go on Tower of Terror." If I'll go on Rock and Roller Coaster if you go on Tower of Terror, which of course that's that's not fucking happening. Uh, that ride's just drops. Um, you but anyway, know. so we, that's a tangent. You said rock and roller coaster. Is that the one you want to see made into a movie? Well, okay. So here, it's not actually a good pitch um, because that's just, I guess, would be like an Aerosmith biopic. But what I was thinking was, I'm combining a few things. Sometimes at uh, Disney, you know, they change things. So like they had uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers was their... Um, uh, Space Mountain and Screamin'. They did that for a minute. Like they'll oh, change things to be themed with different musicians, whatever. Yes. I'm thinking about like a rock and roller coaster, whatever it is. Like 
of almost like a quantum leap, you have to stop and talk to different rock bands throughout time to get like information, like a scavenger hunt to get to the end of whatever. And like, in order to move, you're zooming through things. I've got an idea. I got to flesh it out. I'm into it. I'm into it. Let's, let's, let's punch up the script. We'll give, we'll give it over to Bob Chappick over at Disney. We'll be like, Hey, so I was trying to think about this and I was, and I was, I was struggling because so many Disney rides now are either based on movies or have been turned into movies. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you've been on this. They've changed it now, which bums me out. There was a ride called Alien Encounter. I think uh, it was in. It was definitely in Disney World. I think it was in Disneyland as well. But essentially, you're supposed to. It was in Tomorrowland. You you go in, and they're supposed to be testing some sort of teleportation technology, and they accidentally teleport a, uh, an alien. I mean, it's an animatronic, but this like giant predatory alien that's like you're sitting in this dark room, and like the the little like um, the shoulder things that that go they're not straps, so it's like a yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It like goes down as if the thing's on your shoulders, and you can quote unquote. Alien. Hmm. The name again, Alien. Alien Encounter. And they've changed it. Now it's like a Lilo and Stitch ride, and it's Stitch that, that they teleport in, which is not nearly as scary or fun. Um, uh, and what's interesting now is it's very much like the, the alien looked different. It looked more like um, it had more like a lizardish. It was it was still insectoid, but it had a lizardish face and, and and it had wings. But it definitely felt like, hey, what if you accidentally teleported a xenomorph into this ride? And now Disney owns the xenomorph? Like, it, one, change the stitch into a xenomorph if you're going to make it. If you're going to have to integrate it with a movie. Or make an alien encounter movie and then bring it back. Or, uh, while we're on this, bring stuff back. Make a Tower of Terror movie they did for Disney Channel, but make a big budget Tower of Terror movie and bring Tower of Terror back. Nothing against Guardians of the Galaxy, but my nostalgia is for the Tower of Terror. I don't care about seeing Chris Pratt right before I fall. I want to see all the Twilight Zone shit. That's what I grew up with. Gimme, gimme. <laughs> so on allears.net, it says, Why Disney World's scariest ride ever had to close. The roots of Alien Encounter story reach back to the mid-1980s when Michael Eisner and Frank Wells assumed leadership of the Walt Disney Company. Uh, everybody here is talking about how scary this ride was. It's yeah, well, it's definitely like, it's 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 more it's more PG-13, but it is definitely toned significantly scarier than most other Disney rides to the point where like, there's a scene, so, so you don't move in it. You sit around the, the chamber where it's supposed to be teleporting. But like, the lights would go out and you'd, you'd feel a gust of air and you'd hear glass shatter for when the creature escapes. And then there's supposed to be, there's a, um, a catwalk above you and you see like a flashlight come down as like a maintenance person supposed to come in. And then the light goes out and you feel like water drip on you. That's supposed to be this person's blood as they're being eaten, like stuff like that. So it's all like your imagination. It's not like a graphic ever being on this ride. And now you can never be, which is a bummer because it was so much fun as a kid. I loved it as a kid. It was one of my favorites. I think, I wonder if I still have it. I think I have an Alien Encounter shirt. God, I still hope I have it. I should find it. That would be great. Um, But yeah, I bring Alien Encounter back, make it into a movie, do it Disney. Do it Disney. Cast Scarlett Johansson. (laughs) Give her her money. Give her her money. Give her I'll all the money. So, so there we go. Those were our thoughts. Let's see what the, the, the thems in the chats think. 
Oh my goodness. Uh, it was terrifying. Everybody's talking about this ride. Kayla Marie says it was so scary. Oh my God. Uh, Leonard Kim said, I'm pretty certain the stitch ride is gone now and it's becoming something else. Oh my God. There's hopefully alien encounter again. Uh, Leonard Kim wants a space mountain movie. Um, Kayla Marie agrees with him. A, a, a um, trilogy. Leonard Kim also says a test track movie. Uh, uh, Kayla Marie says maybe she uh, talking about my wife. Maybe she liked it uh, because she can't see the drops. Maybe. Uh, maybe listen again. I wasn't on it, so I don't. I can't definitively say one way or another. Um. So yeah. So those are those are your all's thoughts. Thank you all for everybody that's joining us live. Those are our thoughts on Jungle Cruise. Let us know what you think, Roxy. Before we go, where can people find you? What should they be looking out for? So it's going to be a weird couple of weeks. As you guys know, uh, any of you guys who watch my show know I am going to be out of commission in a few days for the next couple of weeks, but the world Girls is going to continue on. So definitely please show up to support them. Um, supporting them is supporting the entire company. That's youtube.com slash the world Girls. still going on Wednesdays and Sundays. I will be there with them this Sunday for the last show. And I'll be doing live at the Roxy for the next couple of days until uh, Monday when I am leaving. So, uh, those are the places and DJ, I'm going to miss you for a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you're doing some very exciting stuff. I'm very excited yeah. for you. And I look forward Thanks. to hearing all the stories once you're back. Oh, hopefully they're good ones. I, I think they will be. I think they will be. I think, you know, hey, listen, productions, some of it's a mixed bag, but I think overall it will be very good. And so yeah. I'm very excited for that. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at DJ Talks Trash everywhere that matters. Again, if you missed the Kickstarter for my new comic, Hellbent, you can go to hellbentcomicbook.com, click on the pre-order, and get it there. Uh, and you can only do that because of all the people that contributed to the Kickstarter. So be thankful for them. Um, and you can find the show everywhere that matters at Only Stupid Answers, but on Twitter. Make out the vowels from stupid. Like Roxy said, the OSA show is going to go on a brief hiatus. However, we will be back soon. And the OSA podcast will continue to go and do its thing. We're going to be talking about Suicide Squad and a bunch of other cool stuff. So stay tuned for all of that. Again, thanks for everybody that joined us live. And we will see you all next time. Bye, everybody.